Amen. And uh, I believe yesterday, you know, whatever Pastor Pratima she shared, it has uh, laid a very strong foundation. Amen. Uh, whether it is uh, in India or US or Africa, God's word is same. Can I hear an amen? God's word is same. It never changes. Yes. And, uh, you know, and uh, all that uh, we have is God's grace. And um, it helps us to, you know, build in that foundation. Um, when you heard all those things, I don't know how you felt. You know, um, definitely at one side of your you know, mind, it would have been like, wow. Okay, now I know the truth. Okay, I'm going to build my family. Or if you're going to get married, you might say, you might have said, uh, I'm going to start this, you know, from the beginning for others. Okay, from now on, we're going to do certain things we need to do. But I believe on the other side of your mind, you might have thought, uh, oh, like, uh, oh, is it so much? Uh, will I be able to do it? Will we be able to make it? Definitely. You know, definitely when God has put it in his word, it is possible. But you need to believe in your heart that it is possible. It is possible for you to be a wonderful husband, wonderful wife, wonderful father, wonderful mother. Amen. And it is possible because God is with you and God is in you. And, uh, I want to thank God for the vision which, you know, Pastor Johnson, you know, Remy and the team has got. And the vision is to build the church in God's word. Amen. And uh, and also, you know, I really appreciate the topic that's been given to us. It's family and ministry. You cannot separate family and ministry. That's how I'll see. And that's what you're going to see from what I'm going to share. Family and ministry goes together. And there is uh, even uh, a greater and a deeper understanding that you will get um, about family. Because sometimes, you know, understanding is very little about family and also about ministry. From whatever background that we have come, from whatever, <clears throat> you know, culture that we have been brought up, we carry all those things. Nothing wrong in it. But sometimes not everything is correct, right? That that's why we need to get into you know uh, God's word. That is the real culture that we need to cultivate in us and even in our church. In TWC, that's what we are being trying to do, and we are doing, and we want to do it more. Not only in Chennai, and I thank God to see this happen even in Agartala. Man, we need to build God's culture in the church. When that is there, it will be easy. And uh, family and uh, ministry goes together, right? Without the church, without the participation of participating participation of the church, either, you know, uh, uh, in my life or my family, or me as a family participating in the church, both are involved. Without that, it's not easy to build a godly family. It is not easy. Individually, I cannot do it. Individually, you cannot do it. That's why God has given us this family of families, the church. The church is not about just Sunday. 
We need to understand this. Okay. So we saw from God's word what is a godly family and how it should function. Right? And um, don't forget those things that she learned. Now, those are the foundations for everything. You know, for uh, for the husband, uh, for the role of husband, for the role of wife, and together what they need to do and parenting. Those are the foundation. It's so important. It's not like that. We will do it for a particular season, then we'll forget it. No, we are married for 25 years. Even now, you know, I need to remind myself certain times, sometimes many times. <laughs> Okay, when we go through challenges, not only when we go through challenges, even in good times, I need to re remind myself of all those things that are important for a godly family. Okay, so now we saw um, the uh, the way that godly family is formed, how it functions. All right, now I want you to understand this: this family. This godly family, this godly unit has a purpose. Okay, write it down. This family has a purpose. Your family, every family has a purpose. Where do we see this? Guys, I want to encourage you. Please, you know, follow with me. It's going to be like a story. Okay. So you just follow with me. I'm going to take you through a journey. And uh, that will help us to understand better about family and ministry. Um, see, I don't know whether you have heard about this. Not only in India, all over the world, in some of the places, some of the countries, um, there are mega churches. 20,000 people, 30,000 people, even in those places. You know, the, uh, the, the researchers have found out in a church, Okay, how many people are involved deeply, seriously into the vision of the church, into the vision of God's, you know, uh, uh, into the vision of, uh, into God's vision. Every church vision is God's vision. Right? If you see how many people, you'll be shocked. In a hundred percent, whether it's 20,000 people, 30,000 people or 300 people or 13 people, this is the percentage. The percentage is only 20%. Worship might be fantastic. Message might be fantastic. The pastor might be fantastic. It might be a very popular church or ordinary church. Only 20% of the congregation is committed. 80% is not. <clears throat> and that's why, you know, as leaders, one of the things that's been taught to us, focus on the 20. I might not agree with that completely because everybody is important. But still to build, to make the ministry grow, you know, to be more effective. Just said, focus on the 20. You know, Give your attention on the 20. But I want to tell you, in TWC, you know, we are not going to do that. We look at every person who walks into a church has been brought by God. Yes, every brother, every sister, 
boy, girl, and every person is important. So not just the 20, the 100 person is important. But if the 100 person has to understand, uh, you know, the real purpose of them being there, right? Then we need to know the truth. We need to know the word. That's what is important. I'm not going to give you my ideology or something I learned from book. Everything is from God's word. All right. So with this understanding, let's move on. I told you every family has a purpose. Where we see this? The very first book, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. <clears throat> he put the man in the garden to cultivate and keep it. Okay. Genesis 2.15. He put the man. If you read the previous verses, you'll understand. Even at that point, God had already formed Eve inside whom? Adam. Right? He created everything. Then he said, let's create man in our image as man and woman. Do you see that verse? Yes. In Adam, he already created. So now he puts Adam into the garden. The same thing we will see, you know, <clears throat> even in verse 7 and 8. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Chapter 1, 7 and 8, I think here. Yeah. Two. Chapter 2, sorry, 7 and 8. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay, please listen to these words. God created everything and created a very specific place for man to live and this is what I call as the house of God because who created that God the father or we can call it as the father's house Adam and Eve were placed inside father's house that was garden of Eden All right and what was the purpose that was given to them to take care of the place, to keep it, to cultivate it, okay, to protect it. They were given every authority, every blessing, every power, and this family has a purpose. You listening? Right? The same way you will see that your family has a purpose. Individually, your family has a purpose. And why God has placed you in this particular church and there you have a purpose. Right. Okay, let's move on. Then in chapter 3, what happened? We see man disobeyed God and fell in sin. I don't want to get deeper into that. What happens? For the sake of man's eternity, God sent him out of the garden. If he stayed inside the garden, he will fall even more. Okay, and God will not be able to redeem him for eternal, you know, for eternity, he will be in death. So God sent him out of the garden. God sent him out of the house. So he was sent out of the family of God. 
Are you listening? Right. And even in the same chapter, God promised what? Restoration. When God came and called Adam, where are you? He was hiding. Then God started to speak to Eve, started to speak to Adam. And first he spoke to the serpent. You may see all those words as words of rebuke or curse. But in that you will see God's promise, restoring plan. God, even in that place, he said, I will send my son and through my son, I will restore what? Restore the family. Because now the fam family is lost. I will restore the family. I'll bring them into the house. And I'll bring them into my purpose. Right? And then let's move on. And when we move on, you see in chapter 6, God was so greed, but God was able to find one man. And through that one man, the family was saved. What's his name? Noah. Right? Then move on, even from chapter 11, this journey begins. In chapter 11, the end part of it, it talks about whom? Abraham, father, Right, God chose a family, God chose one man. What's his name? Abraham. And through Abraham, the first thing what he said, I will give you a son, impossible. And again, please listen. He used his human mind and he did something. He thought this is how God is going to work. God said, no. You might be old Abraham, 90 year old. Your wife might be 90 year old. But through both of you, I'm going to bring you together through your seed. I'm going to bring forth what? Restoration. Redemption. That was his plan. So from Abraham, it was Isaac. Did Isaac have challenges? Yes. And through Isaac's children, his family, you see here. Then through Isaac, and God even zeroes in and chooses whom? Jacob. Was Jacob a very, very nice boy, holy boy, very prayerful boy? No, no. He was the number one fraud. Number one culprit. See, you'll be amazed how God works. You know, we will be amazed how God chooses. That's why every person who walks into the church is important. He might be a thief, he might be a robber, he might be an accused, uh, he might be a number one thief or fraud, but when he steps in, right, it is God who's bringing him. God has chosen him. And that's how God chose you and me, right? Amen. 32 years back, God chose me. I was not a perfect person. Exactly like Jacob. Especially when you're born in a Christian family and you, you know, you, 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 you act one way inside the house and one way outside the house, you are Jacob. So I was Jacob like that. Yes or no? You know, prayer will be there, everything will be there, even other things. That's how he was. But God chose him. And Jacob, Please listen. 
Jacob and his children they became what the nation of Israel do you understand they become the nation of Israel but still in the eyes of God it is one family don't forget it okay don't forget Israel is God's people but it came from one family that is the power of family that's how God works so it goes on goes on goes on and then what happens in this family in this lineage through David who was born Jesus the Messiah was born in a family in a family then he died he rose again for a family you might say for the entire world pastor yes how did it come through one family some people even still they are they are fighting and say only for israel <laughs> no it's not like that but even if it's israel it is for one family did you get it okay this is the design of god through a family now you can understand you know why there is so much attack on family why there is so much of separation so much of divorce so much of problem in family because you know why god works through family that's why devil attacks the family all right that's why god's special care and protection is upon family let's move on in john 112 john chapter 1 i want you to read it later you'll understand it talks about whom jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and it goes on talks about jesus john 112 as many who have received him okay as many who have received him he gave them the power to become sons of god you can also add this daughters of god sons daughters even to them that believe in his name did you get it right so when a person is born again is added into not just the church not just you know i was going to a temple now i'm going to church different place of worship or different way of worship when you are born again when you have received jesus into your life you have been added into the family of god okay for you to understand this even more better why baptism yes you are declaring it openly your faith and your experience your death and your resurrection in christ you understand right that is the meaning of baptism that is only one part of the meaning of baptism even the second part is so important was baptism there even before jesus yes even before jesus who was baptizing john the baptist even before john the baptist was there baptism yes that was the you know uh, uh, the, the, that was the way of their living of the jews of god's people right and uh, the way that they uh, learned is rabbi students teacher student so if i have to choose her to be my rabbi my teacher okay like how we enroll now we register to enter into the conference like that one of the way is 
I will be baptized. When I get baptized, I'm telling the people around me, from today, I'm going to follow my teacher. I'm going to follow this teaching. And also, this is going to be my family. Did you get it? That is the meaning of baptism. So when you baptize, you're openly declaring and telling people, from now, Jesus and his word and his church. Okay? We'll talk about that later. It's not anybody else's church. His church. And I'm going to be a fam part of this church. So this is my family. So this, as we heard, marriage is a covenant. So baptism is a sign of a covenant. Did you get it? So baptism is so important. I don't know about that. Sometimes here in our place, it happens. You know, for the sake of marriage, people take baptism. Quick, quick, quick. I want to get married because I'm marrying a Christian girl. Right? It's not like that. Baptism is very serious, very important. You know, that's why when a person is taking baptism, we all clap our hands. And what we are telling? We welcome you into this family. And that's what we call it as the family of families and this is what we call as church this is what we call as church church is not a building church is not an organization it is an organism do you get the difference church is not an organization later you know which 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 was uh which was functioning as an organism. The devil made it a organization. Yeah, that's why you need to uh, when you when you study the history of the church, you'll be amazed. Maybe you can do as a church, you know, study. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and also it's sad. <laughs> how you know from organism it changed to be organization. That's how. You know, it, it took a different direction and how this Catholicism it came, it came, then later all the other things came. And even if we are not careful, if I'm not careful, it can become an organization. Alright? And that's how the church was birthed. Where do you see that? In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost. Right? On the day of Pentecost, the church was birthed. In other, sense, other, in other sense, church means it's all the redeemed people, born-again people, people who have received Jesus coming together. That is what is called as church and that is what is called as the family of families, the church family. Alright. Have you heard this? People constantly tell, whether it's preaching or teaching, they say there is two things. Okay, the church can be divided into two. One is the universal church and the second one is local church. We are all part of one church. Amen. You might be in Northeast, I might be in Chennai. There are so many churches in Chennai, but uh, there are so many churches in India, so many churches all over the world. When you are all together, we are all together as one church. Is it amazing? Amen. We are all together as one family. Is it beautiful? Brothers and sisters, amazing, right? We're all washed by the blood of Jesus in one family. That's the universal church. 
and what is so important also is the local church i am in this locality you know the mogapet church is here so the the people here in in chennai they come together okay and that is the is that's the home you know that is their family so for agartala the people in agartala that's the local church so local participation and you know involvement in the local church is so important sadly there are people coming out and telling no need for church no need for pastor everything is online they don't understand devil also is online now you know that <laughs> devil is coming online they say yeah, everything is online no need you know there will come a time everything will be all right then we'll get back to meeting in person yes or no yes that is so important but people are bringing all kinds of things and telling no 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 i am also part of a church you know yes i connect with god no local church is so important okay you are shepherd your your local family is so important all right see like the first family the local church is put together in one place for a purpose agartala church is being placed there for a purpose if you are part of the church your purpose is there yes you are called to be a teacher you are called to be an engineer or you are called to work in government but you know you need to understand god has a purpose for your life that is part of it the vocation is part of it but your the central you know the vision for your life the purpose for your life will be fulfilled only if you are actively part of the local church yes so immediately you know the problem here is whose church <laughs> whose church is this jesus said this is my church in any place okay this is my church so who owns the church christ owns the church isn't it amazing right don't go by numbers don't go by popularity even if it's two people even if it's 10 people 20 people who's the owner of the church jesus christ Are you listening right okay let's move on in acts chapter 2 you know this now the church is formed okay on the day of pentecost and now the church there are 3000 people who are born again they are coming together what is the purpose of this church in acts chapter 2 from verse 41 if you read it say they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day they were added to them about 3000 souls okay right so people came together whether 3000 or 3 it is a church now it's becoming a family what did they do what did they do they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers if you read you know down to all these words you will understand one thing please listen the the main purpose of a church is you know what fellowship say what coming together to fellowship with god and fellowship with one another are you listening yes 
Did you get it? The main purpose. They met every day. See, nowadays it's not easy. But they were able to do it. Often, they met together. They did life together. This is very important. Get these words. They did life together. They did not have two separate lives. One church life and one life in the world. No. Did you get it? Right? For, for the believers, church was not like, you know, they will think about church only on Sunday. No. No, you'll be amazed. When you read the epistles, you'll understand. When they became believers, when they came together as a church, every decision that they made as husband and wife, you know, with regard to their job, with regard to their family, uh, children education, with regard to the vacation, with regard to anything and everything, it was based on their church. What pastor, what are you telling? You are thinking like that? Are you looking like that? That's how they did. Church was the central of their life. Yes. Every decision that they made based on their church, their involvement in church, their participation in church, their call in the church. They, so they did life together. That's why I told you, you know, yesterday when, we, when you heard all those things about family, it might look like, oh, is it possible? Will I be able to live like this? You know, uh, uh, this, is what, this is what is mentioned about how a husband should be. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. You know why? Because you're not going to do it alone. You have a family to help you, the church family. They will stand. When you make mistake, they will correct you. When you are discouraged, they will encourage you. Are you listening? Yeah. So when you don't know, somebody will teach you. The pastor will teach you. You will, you will hear it there. You will learn it there. And people will pray with you. That's what the Bible says. We need to pray for each other. Love each other. Are you listening? Doing life together. And uh, yesterday, after we finished, Pastor Johnson was telling, you know, um, you know, what we heard about parenting is so fantastic. Yes, I know. And he said, there are many young families. I understand you. And especially when you have a teenager, <laughs> praise the Lord, you need more prayers. It's not easy. They change. They change. It's natural. They'll change. You cannot get wild. You cannot get angry with them. We need to have God's wisdom to guide them. Right? But when we are together as a church family, you know, it will help us. That is the support that we need to have. That is the best support system for parenting. You know, for growing together as a family. So doing life together, that's one thing very important. So don't separate your life in the church. Separate from your life outside. It's all connected. Okay. When you grow like that, you know, more easier. You will not feel like that you are left alone. Nobody is there for you. That's why God has given you this family. And the second thing, what did they do? They studied God's word together. 
Hey, my heart rejoices when I see what you guys are doing. This is second week or third week. You are going to go another week, right? What are you doing? Studying. Good. It's good to have Bible colleges. It's good to have you know seminars outside or other things, but nothing like church coming together and studying. This is biblical. This is biblical. Jesus taught the twelve and the five hundred and the others. You know that most of the teaching is with the twelve. Every day they learn from Jesus. Paul did the same thing. Peter did the same thing. Now this was the Jewish culture system, right? This is biblical. Learning together as a community. And where you do that, most mo, mo, most of this teach learning where where it happens. Do you know that? Is it on Sunday? Yeah, Sunday sermon helps you. But more than that, you know where? In your cell group, in your small groups. Yes or no? Yes, in your small groups. You see, you know, and you study together. Have you heard about Rick Warren? Rick Warren is retired now. You know the big Saddleback Church, mega church. His book was sold millions. You know, recently he made a statement telling the strength of the church does not depend upon just the Sunday crowd or Sunday worship or Sunday happening. The strength of the church, the growth of the church, really happens there. In the cell group, in the small groups, amazing, right? This is the truth. I tell you, even this is our testimony. The COVID, you know, the COVID helped the church a little bit. You know how? In making us to come together in Zoom, sometimes in person. You know, there it's okay. I've seen you guys. You know, you finish your job, you run, and you come to church. But here in Chennai, in other cities, you know, it's not easy. But the Zoom has helped, so people come together. So the Wednesday cell groups, you know, the past one year, I tell you, our church has become stronger now because that's where they communicate, they learn, they study together, right? So the the first church, they came together and studied God's word, and then they shared whatever they had, whatever they had, they shared with one another. How many of you have children? Okay, we have children, right? When they are small, you know, will they share with one another? Not always. Sometimes they fight, right? It is mine. It is yours. It is mine. Okay. Sometimes, you know, when we are like immature children, we can be like that in the church family also. Hey, it's mine. My time. You know, my uh, my things. Okay, my life. But as we grew, the first church, you know what they did? They shared everything. Are you listening? And again, another example during this COVID time. Okay, here during the second wave, our family was uh, the church family. I'm telling you, the church family was badly affected. Who helped? The church people. When a family is affected with COVID, they cannot cook, but they have to eat well. Yes, they need God's strength. 
who gave them food the church people because it's a family they cooked they went and gave there were people there were young people or young families you know young brothers are there were there they carried they did not cook but they went and took the food they dropped it they help people got medicines you know helping each other that's what the church did because it is a family and then the important things you read you will understand they prayed every day they gathered together and prayed see praying individually is very important your devotion time but there is a special strength when we come together as a family and pray yesterday we heard right so in a family you should have a family prayer family prayer is so important okay husband wife and children but also more important is all these families coming together and praying that can change the entire dimension of okay the entire city and nation because there is power in prayer okay they pray together okay let's move on then church paul okay when he was doing this he brought this to the people who were gathered together because they did not understand he said there is even deeper meaning in church you know what is that the church is called as the body of christ he says christ is the head so who is the head of the church christ <coughs> definitely right christ is the head and in a physical sense he has placed whom there the pastor the shepherd right and we are the body the body of christ church is what the body you can see in 1 corinthians 12 27 one corinthians 12 27 now you are christ body and individual members of it now you are christ body how many of you agree with me every person here you are christ body that is the church and individual members of the body as individual member different parts right different parts so every part has a function say what function every part so you have a function romans 12 4 and 5 romans 12 4 and 5 it says now just as we have many members in one body Romans 12 4 and 5 now just as we have many members in one body all the members do not have the same function is it amazing the hand works differently than the leg the nose is for a different function the eyes is for a different function same way every member has a different function if the hand starts to work like the uh, legs how it will be you know my body will collapse and it look awkward also is yes or no if the hand starts to behave like the nose how it will be it will be awkward but every part has a function and that's what is written so we who are many 
we are many are one body in Christ and individual members one of another but all these members okay they have a function to play if they don't play that function properly if they don't function properly it will affect whom the entire body right so what i am trying to tell is you know every person in the church is important every person has a part to play and each part is important don't think i don't have talent you know only the preacher you know only he has the talent so he is preaching only he has the talent he is singing only he has the talent or she has the talent who is playing instruments <clears throat> right or they have the talent to design don't think like that every person has a part <coughs> to play and that part is important very important okay don't allow the enemy to tell you you are not talented you are not gifted you are not going to be any use to the church no you know whether you are visible or not in the church very active or not in the church you are important in the church in which god has placed you amen amen more than we need you god needs you amen yes god needs you that's why you are there in the church in that local church and you are part is so but if you don't play your part properly it will affect the church see we are very easy very quick very quick and uh, easy to you know judge people and complain we say today our oh, music is not good our prayer is not good this church is not good this brother is not good this is you know the way that they do is not good are you listening right we are very easy and quick to do all those things but today we understand this if it is not good what's my part in it there is something not good in the church or some problem in the church lord we need to ask lord what i have to do am i doing my part carefully yes faithfully whether i am recognized or not whether my name is mentioned or not that's not problem our reward is in heaven amen sometimes we will not be recognized no see pastor cannot remind uh, remember everybody you ask my wife even known people sometimes they forget the name she has to tell me hey, 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 she will nudge and tell me <laughs> you know right sometimes you know not with any intention they might have forgotten you don't give up you are important your function in that body is important okay i want you to understand this your function together in the church our function together in the church affects in two ways note it down two ways it helps us to grow into maturity right everybody we have a part to play in the church so how the church members church people grow in maturity 
by the way that you function in the church is so important so your function in the church affects two ways one inside and one outside are you listening yes and inside it makes it it it, it helps you to grow in maturity and it helps others to grow in maturity and the second thing is outside there are so many lost souls outside only if we the church function properly we will be able to reach people effectively who are outside do you get it yes apart from this system apart from this way we cannot be effective we cannot be so we need to grow have we uh, 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 do you remember the, these words which Paul speaks often? My prayer is for you to grow in maturity. My prayer is for you to know Christ. Where it is happening? In the family of families. We pray for one another. We study together. We stay in unity. Right? There might be difference of opinion, but we don't fight. Okay? Like how we learned yesterday, this will happen between husband and wife, but at the end of the day, there should be peace. Right? There should be peace because we are one family, one body. If the body is divided, it will be chaos. Right? So, we, we, we stay together. We love each other. Who is in us? Christ. What is the ultimate purpose for the you know, ultimate vision for the church, for every individual believer to become like Christ. Yes or no? Become like Christ. If that is not happening in the church, when you go outside, they will not see Christ. That's why we need to grow in this. Stay together, learn together, forgive each other, help each other. You know, motivate each other. Amen? And that's where the real growth happens. And we become like Christ. If that's where we, we learn to become humble. Where do you learn to become humble? Don't think you go and sit and pray for one hour, you become humble. No. You can come out and next minute you can shout at somebody. <laughs> you can fight with a brother or a sister or your wife. Where you learn to become humble? You know? I know in the church all are not angels. There will be some crazy people. Sometimes the crazy person can be you and me. Yes or no? You know? Not everybody is same. It's there in that situation we learn to be humble. You know, pride will be broken there. We learn to forgive. We learn to encourage. We learn to pray for one another. We learn to love with unconditional love. Yes or no? Right? That's why internal. Okay? Internal, if the body is not going to function properly, you might be wondering why, Pastor, the topic is about, you know, family and ministry. You're not talking about ministry. I want to tell you, church, listen to this. This is what is ministry. Ministry starts here. Okay? Ministry it's not all about just preaching or leading worship or teaching all these things are 
very important part of ministry also now ministry that's why ministry is a very vast subject we cannot bring it in just one hour or half an hour even half a day is not enough it is part of ministry but the real ministry what is the meaning of ministry i'll come to that later okay for you to understand now the christ in me if i say christ is in me how many of you believe that christ is in me yes then christ should flow out of your life how many of you believe god is expecting that christ love christ forgiveness christ passion christ prayer you know all these things to flow out of me it should flow out of every member of the church why because we need to grow in maturity paul is telling you know i'm not able to give you strong meat you know why because you are still drinking what milk you are not come to that stage you come to that stage paul is telling i'll tell you more yes so it's really church family we grow in maturity how it grows you know by living together right dealing issues together if there is an issue i will not run away from church i will deal it there this is my family through that i am changing my pride is being broken my anger is being broken i'm growing into maturity you know because somebody is ministering to me and the same thing happens where i start my ministry here see for me ministry is this the overflow of christ from my life is ministry yes or no the outflow of christ in me is ministry this ministry is very effective this is what is needed right now i told you right not only on the inside even on the outside so this body if it doesn't function properly then it cannot be effective outside if you read ephesians chapter 3 very important verse ephesians 3 9 10 and 11 are you learning something and to eliminate for everyone the stewardship of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in god who created all things verse 10 his purpose was that now through the church i want you to underline this in your bible write it down this is very important this is your purpose individually and collectively as a church his purpose was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of god should be made known to the to whom rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our lord did you get it so what is the purpose of the church yeah and how people on the outside the rulers the authorities the heavenly realms <laughs> see talk about heavenly realms and how about uh, earth, earthly realms even the earthly realms how people will come to the knowledge of christ through the 
church how many of you believe that so who's the church you are the church we are the church so we need to function properly so ministry has to start inside all right so then it will flow from the church to the world did you get it okay okay let's move on to ministry now so ministry and family right both are connected first i want you to understand the the the, the real uh, uh, meaning of the word ministry ministry comes from a hebrew word okay in old testament let me bring first then the new testament misaret okay m s a r e t that's a hebrew word it refers to the temple service okay the whoever does service in the temple okay that's how it's in the old testament right and that's what we see even nowadays right the other people here they say the priest he ministers in the temple or else in the old testament you see the angels minister so by now you would have got the real meaning behind that word minister means if you don't get it you will get it even from this and even it mentions about joshua joshua is the misarat of moses what is the word that you get from that serve joshua served whom moses right that is the starting point to grow in god by serving we start to grow and at one point of time what happened to joshua he became the leader amazing right not only he jesus taught the same thing serve i tell you you know so amazed whenever we come to agartala we see this you know heart in you guys a heart to serve such a joy to see you know uh both young people elders and others work together whether it is you know cleaning the church okay or uh organizing things or arranging chairs you know and the best part of it even cooking right it was so amazing to see when when once when we came for a you know camp or something we came it's amazing to boys cooking you can never see that in south india it's very difficult you know serving cooking doing all those things who is doing that we okay now in the new testament the word is deaconos have you heard that deaconos that's the word for ministry it means it refers to service in general in general or temporal or permanent okay i want you to understand this so ministry in new testament what do you see most of it we see is occasional like full time ministry job of a pastor right a worship pastor and there are others who are temporary part time right or some general generally whenever they can they come and again this word is connected to wait 
waiting at the table you know what is the waiting at the table we call it whom a waiter a server so ministry comes from the word serve server waiting at the table and jesus christ he came as a model and he lived he showed this he at the end you know of his life on earth he's about to go to the cross the final thing he did something what did he do yeah he washed the feet of his disciples he took the towel and put it on his waist and he served served see whenever the final teaching comes we give the best point right our final part of the preaching the best point this is the best point jesus gave likewise he said you also do because we read in the bible it says jesus came to serve and not to be served this way he taught all christians to be a minister to the rest of the people you know what is our calling all of us generally all of us who are part of a church we are called to minister to others did you get it did you get it this is what is ministry we are called to serve people right if there is christ in me it will flow through my life that is what is effective ministry did the first church function this way yes the first church they operated in the same way okay let me bring first you know the titles apostles we all like it there are so many apostles now right so many bishops apostles who's an apostle a sent one apostle is not just about title it's a very hard ministry go to a place where there is no ministry you go preach the gospel to plant a church any more the sent one so paul peter james john all these people were apostles and you can see the bible it is mentioned as they were designated as ministers of god you get it right they were designated as ministers of god and then you can see in acts chapter 6 there was a problem in the church what was the problem the widows were not served properly so what happens seven people were chosen i want you guys to do this homework read later seven people were chosen to serve my dear brothers and sisters please listen don't take any ministry in the church for granted don't think you know oh i'm not standing on the stage don't think i'm not uh, leading worship i'm just you know arranging chairs or i'm just cleaning or i'm just standing with the pastor and helping him that ministry is so important you know what happens if you read in chapter 6 verse 2 seven people were chosen to serve food to widows and who was among them stephen you know what the bible says all the seven were were uh, anointed by god they were fully anointed and they had full understanding full understanding of god's word they were deep in god's word did you get it they had passion for god they lived a holy life but called for what to serve food 
you know this a problem here right what brother what pastor i have this talent ah uh, sometimes even people tell you know like they will not tell they have this attitude right not you guys you guys are wonderful or beautiful people okay i'm talking about people in chennai maybe ah uh, sometimes they think hey i can preach better than this pastor i am anointed i know much what is the heart here they were serving god is not looking whether you are serving or preaching god is seeing whether you are doing it faithfully are you listening yes brothers and sisters you know people might not recognize us it's okay you know the problem now is people wanted to get popular that is the problem in ministry now i don't know whether you guys are into it you know you guys means i'm talking about northeast india you speak about north india south india it's all about becoming popular becoming more famous in the social media how many people are following me how many people are liking me i want to tell you are we following jesus that's very important does jesus like what i'm doing that's very important yes or no is my church popular or not no no i'm not bothered am is my church faithful to god that's what god is saying right and when we talk about ministry yeah in ephesians 4 11 to 13 you can note it down you can read it later it talks about you know the fivefold ministry here i'm not going to get inside it but i'm going to just give you you know this verse so we can study later it talks about apostles evangelist teacher pastor prophet all fivefold ministries in the church can you repeat after me in the church now the problem is if anything you see that special in me then i'll be out of the church i will start a ministry i want to do on my own that's not biblical god calls you that's different you're very clear that's different but all these ministries a part of the church and then in 1 timothy 3 you know again timothy speaks about whom the bishops deacons elders i want to give you a homework guys you see you will see there the qualification of whom a deacon a bishop a elder you know when you see that you will be shocked how it starts it tells if a person is not able to take care of his family he is not fit to be a bishop or a deacon or a elder wow is family so important yes is family connected with ministry yes do you get it now did you get it now yeah there how much more to become a pastor that's why paul is telling hey don't many of you you know dare to become like teachers how to teach yes but you know you'll be asked more you'll be questioned more <laughs> because it's a great responsibility usually if i'm not able to take care of my family then i cannot be a deacon 
you cannot be a bishop cannot be a elder sometimes we are so proud about the position right in some places when i go you know people will talk to me they'll introduce them some say i am the deacon <laughs> thank god they did not tell me i am the demon you know <laughs> sometimes there are the demons in the <laughs> sorry <laughs> to tell that okay don't go and tell it outside da they'll throw you out there huh? i would some sometimes they will not tell the name they'll say i'm the deacon so proud about it yeah nothing wrong that they are so proud about that but they should be what humility we need to check whether they take care of their family well that's the same with you and me if i'm not if i if i'm not taking care of my family well god will not acknowledge my position as a pastor god god say no 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 you know many people might get blessed but not accepted by god did you get it yes so this is what is ministry and in a church in a church you are part of a church and you are a part to play in the church so there are no visitors or just spectators in the church everybody should participate did you get it amen if you are thinking about your church only on sunday then you are a guest in the church not a member of church if you are a member you will function regularly you will participate in the vision of the church in the ministry of the church i'm not talking about full time ministry if that is your call praise god go talk to your pastor if not you know you will do it you will volunteer and you will do it amen you will find time and you will go and do it you will not wait for time to come time will not come okay you will go and you will participate in the ministry all right and now finally i want to talk about the out to balance family and ministry sometimes that's a problem right okay always we lose balance <laughs> right suddenly we get so fired up you know these 3 weeks you know that can happen to you i'm warning you three hmm? weeks constantly every day you hearing god's word okay you are fired up to live for god don't forget your family okay sometimes suddenly we get fired up and say i'm going to do this do that you know i'm going to pray for eight hours i'm going to serve for eight hours stop 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 hold on balance it how like how we heard uh, yesterday you know how we can bring balance by setting priority biblical priority biblical priority what is the biblical priority god first god first okay there is there is not much time so quickly i'll go okay if you and i we are not going to spend time with god okay we are going to lose the balance no time to read the bible no time to pray on my morning devotion but i want to go and serve god i want to do this for god no please don't do that Your your ministry is, you know, the Christ in you flowing through your life. So that morning you spend time with God, or afternoon you spend time with God, and you are full of God. Paul said, "Be filled with the Spirit. Be full of God, and the flowing of that through your life is what 
this ministry. Amen? Yes. Without spending time, no. God first. The second comes what? Family. Say what? Not your job. Not your job. It's your family. Spending time with your wife, with your husband, with your children. That's why in 1 Timothy 3, 4, he said, if I'm not able to take care of my family, then I am not fit for ministry. Yes. Okay. And then, second thing, how can you balance your family and ministry? Please listen. This is important. You need to understand your calling and capacity. Did you get it? See, everybody wants to do everything. But everybody cannot do everything. How many of you agree with me? Yeah? So you need to know what is your call in the church today. And what is your capacity? So according to that, you give your time, you give your energy, you will not be burnt up. Amen? You will have time for other things. So if that is not your calling and you are going to do that, then very soon you are going to get frustrated. Then very soon you get discouraged. So how to know you spend time with God and you have leaders in your church, your pastor is there. God shows to you and also to your pastor, you know, the call of God upon your life, the grace that's upon your life, according to that. All right. See, if I am not able to play lead guitar, suddenly if I get an unction, I have the anointing of God. <laughs> and suddenly I become like a madman telling God spoke to me and I, I take my guitar and come and stand in the morning and play out. Huh? Whose name is not... Uh, uh, you know, glorified there. Oh, whose name is put to shame? God's name. So what I can, what I'm called for, I do. Right? Then I'll be able to see God's strength and time and everything will work. Amen? And the third thing, if your life is not planned or disciplined, you will not see balance between family and ministry. Is your life well planned? Every day, what are you going to do? Morning, afternoon, evening, what time are you going to get up? What is your prayer time? What is your study time? What is your work time? You know, what is your time with your family? Every day, if it is not planned. See, our God is a God of discipline. Amen? Yes. If you see the Bible, you'll see it's very disciplined. You can see discipline. In his creation, there was discipline. The way that he lived, there was discipline. The way that he discipled his disciples, there was discipline. Plan your life. For a week plan, for a month plan. Which day is day off for you? You need to have a sabbatical. One day, you know. You need to have Sabbath. A day of rest. Okay, I don't have time, you know, I can, I, can, I can speak on this alone. Because this is so important. Seven days you keep running. Okay, 31 days you keep running. 12 days, 12 months you keep running. You know what will happen? You will lose your thinking capacity. Simple. Your creativity will die. Creativity will die. You need to give a break. That's why you need to sleep properly at least seven hours. 
plan your life and discipline your life okay then you will see a balance between family and ministry i tell you some people come and complain and tell me pastor i don't have time the first thing at the last that we have time for god if you have time for god if your priority is to spend time with god you will have time for everything yes or no many of you agree with me because some people complain i don't have time pastor i don't have time pastor no 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 i know everybody is busy same with me same with you i been in the ministry for almost over 25 years but same with me if i lose that discipline it's gone still i can preach still i can teach but it will not be effective and at the end of the day not bless my soul <laughs> you know that's what the bible says you know if you're going to reach every other soul lose your soul that's not good it's dangerous did you get it right so that's how you bring balance between family and ministry so we as god's family is called to live a christ centered and church centered life i want to repeat it we as god's family is called to live a christ centered and church centered life you agree with me you agree with me yes okay and finally one verse and i'm going to finish and then if there is any question answer session we can do it at least for 10 minutes is it okay is it okay yeah final verse is joshua 24:15 as for me in my house we will serve the lord i wonder if you have this faith don't lose hope if your family is not saved confess this verse if your father mother or brother sister husband or wife is not saved keep confessing keep praying as for me and my house we will serve the lord that's why you know for young people i'm telling this before we close you know your marriage is so important with whom you connect with is so important if that person is not born again does not have the same faith like you a passion like you gone it is finished so when it comes to marriage don't be hasty yeah don't be hasty prayfully it might take time it's okay choose the right person because the ultimate purpose for marriage is what you know to bring forth godly generation note it down to bring forth it's not about just you see if i'm married with my wife you know pratima it's not about you know i like he he like it's more than this generation we are bringing forth godly generation that is the vision that god has towards you amen amen so you know give importance to your church your function in the church okay don't do it at your convenience participate in your church as much as possible in all the activities right your church vision vision should be your vision then whatever the struggle that the church is going through should be yours you need to take it like that 
when you do that you will grow and you will make others grow do you get it amen that's why god has given us this beautiful family amen god bless you if there is any question you can ask if we know we will tell otherwise we'll get back to you okay right if there is any question please feel free to ask yeah let's be quick and not waste time okay <laughs> because we have got something more about anything even about yesterday's you no know, um yesterday's teaching about family or parenting or ministry or church anything be open if you don't have any question it means that you have not learned anything oh are you <laughs> okay Okay. Any questions? You can even type it. Yeah, they can type it. Yeah. Quickly, if you go. Or else, I'm going to start countdown. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to unmute yourself. Okay. Yeah, you are free to unmute. Okay. pastor uh, many will have uh, i mean like a question on this uh, god and ministry you know like okay. how to differentiate you know even for me it took time like to differentiate that i think uh, if you can make it little more clear on that you know call for ministry god and ministry yes god and ministry god and ministry okay okay all right see mm-hmm. my understanding is i told you right ministry is serving god okay uh why i need to minister why as a child of god this is how i i saw and i see he has done so much for me all right he has done so much for me he has died for me and yes paid the price for me so i want to do something in return and in that way what we do is praise and worship definitely we praise him right lord what will i offer lord in return so i offer my praise that's one part of it another part of it is the great commission matthew 28 how many of you know that verse okay matthew 28 and from verse 18 onwards go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations and make disciples and teach them all right so this commission is for every person who has received jesus into their lives you might have got saved only yesterday but what is the commission 
going upon your life this great commission it's not just for people you know who are called for full time ministry alone or only for people who preach or people who can sing no for every believer every believer there is a calling upon your life what is the calling to go and preach the gospel okay this is your calling for every child of god right to go and share the love of christ and to make disciples okay see uh, one more thing you need to understand many of us we leave the second part first part we do what okay i want to share the gospel share the gospel share the gospel all right but the major part is not only that it's the second part it says make disciples okay how do jesus make disciple spend time with them okay taught them was very patient with people all right did you get it huh so you are in the church you are in the family of families you are being disciple and at the same time you have to disciple somebody are you doing that first we need to get that vision okay wow is has god called me for that yes every person here that is the calling upon your life first thing is you have to be discipled you go through that process then you know the same as you get discipled god will bring people into your life or god will give you a ministry to serve whether it will be sunday school or youth or small groups okay so whatever that's been given to you you do it faithfully all right maybe immediately you might have a desire to preach nothing wrong about it or desire to what a teach nothing wrong about it it might not be given to you immediately what might be given to you is maybe a simple work in the church all right but when you do that faithfully you will walk towards your calling are you listening see calling is one thing that is what you know for which god has chosen you but for the calling to be fulfilled to become a ministry it is a process it is a process okay did you get it okay so you have the desire and then you walk in it do you have anything to share continue with that all right did you get it so everybody has the calling to minister but again i tell you it should be in order that is god's order god has given you a shepherd a leader okay it starts with what he is telling you you do you might not like it sometime it might look like what he is telling you but i want to tell you you know be faithful do it then you will see you growing in your calling calling will not just happen just like that you know okay i called to be a preacher immediately okay tomorrow i'm going to be preaching no 
in fact paul is advising timothy you know when if you read timothy book of timothy you will be surprised he's been mentored for almost for 13 14 years he's becoming a he's become a pastor timothy started as a disciple of paul he's becoming a pastor now and even at that point when paul writes to me he's telling him timothy grow in the word study the word study the word and preach properly that's what he's teaching them you need to know the word in depth it did not happen just like that it took time okay right so every person who is part of the church has a calling to serve if you are not doing anything in church then you are not obeying to that calling did you get it it's not like you are not obeying to pastor johnson or not you are not obeying to this leader you are not obeying to god's calling all right okay are you clear hope it was clear there was a question somebody sent what was that chat chat where if the choosing is wrong and everything is messed up what should be our part now? okay if the choosing itself is wrong and everything is messed up what should be our part now the person who asked this question whether you are talking about yourself or the other person okay right how it might be i want to just answer you god knows that we make mistake it's okay okay i i made some mistakes in choosing the wrong person for a wrong thing i have done that or also at the same time i made some mistakes earlier thinking oh this is what god wants me to do i done that then i was clear no it's okay nothing wrong about it but when you know for sure right okay this is wrong you need to get out of it don't continue to do that don't tell okay i've already started to do okay i'll continue to do what people will think it's okay what people think no problem the ultimate thing is what god will think the ultimate desire is i want to please god okay so step out of that and wait don't take immediate next move before you do the next move wait in prayer talk to your leaders then make a decision okay if suppose if i have chosen somebody and uh, i made a mistake i thought that person will fit into this ministry or that made a mistake and now it's messed up what i need to do i need to call that person okay in a very nice and gentle way speak to that person and tell okay we think it is wrong we made this mistake so you know we want you to step out for a while pray then we will see we'll pray together all right and then we will put you in the right ministry all right the problem with us is with the indians most of the indians the problem is we are uh, very reluctant to say no yeah that's the problem you know we are very reluctant to say 
no that's our problem as leaders I, as a leader i have learned it because the damage will be more than later immediately we think like oh i don't want to hurt that brother or don't want to hurt this sister yeah good we have that heart but by telling no you're not hurting them actually you are protecting them otherwise you are pushing them into the wrong place to do the wrong thing all right so set it right with love do it sometimes people might accept it might not accept it if they don't accept it we can't do anything in one sense we need to face it and overcome it yeah um i just want to add here uh, there are two things we can take because we did two sessions i don't know if that question was directed with ministry or, or family mm-hmm. okay if it was for ministry that's the answer but if it was for family i want to make it clear that as i said yesterday that it's okay i mean up to this moment you made the mess it's all come to this place but start afresh by asking god to help you forgive that mm-hmm. and now work with that person why because this is not a joke it, it you have made a covenant okay this relationship is for life till your last breath so you cannot just say it's not working we've messed it up so let me move on mm. so my first suggestion in that case would be ask for forgiveness ask god to fill you with a heart of forgiveness and work on your marriage as how we learned yesterday the second thing is the bible gives us an option if there is unfaithfulness okay only in that case mm. maybe you can make a choice but even in that i want to tell you i know of real life stories where there has been unfaithfulness in the marriage and the spouse just held on prayed did her part or his part and they restored the marriage not easy yes it's yeah. not easy it's a journey but we must remember that we made a covenant and it cannot be broken like that so we need to work on it that's why as pastor nice said it is so important for the coming generation to know how to choose right life partner okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um see somebody uh, have written this um, just a minute ah huh? uh pastor sometimes uh, our desire what god gives us to do is completely different and we don't see any open road how do we know or differentiate this might be a common question but i want but i want to know it clearly yeah i think even when i you know shared about the calling i mentioned this okay um there is something called calling and separation god gave a vision to joseph that one day he's going to become great did it happen immediately okay or it took how many years 13 years okay 13 years is okay but what did happen to him totally opposite to the 
vision that he saw did you get it but the 13 year period was a training period for joseph but ultimately god fulfilled the plan and in this 13 year period okay and the beautiful thing that you see in the bible is he then they said god is with joseph god is with joseph so who asked this question i understand you maybe you god has given you a vision a desire towards something it might be with regard to your family or ministry whatever it is or with regard to your the talent that god has given you but what is god giving you now maybe it's not connected to that that's how maybe you are seeing brother or sister but i want to tell you very much it is connected but it might look like it's uh, totally different but if you know for sure that this is what god wants you to do do it faithfully do it faithfully don't lose your vision okay write down your vision pray over your vision speak your vision right but what god has given you now do it faithfully see the problem with most of the people you know what either they will live in the past or they will dream about the future they will not live for present i've been there i tell you i'm not joking seriously some people oh past you know i failed i i i missed it you know i lost it some oh god is going to do that god is going there this dream only dreamland you know like a fairy tale both are not going to help us we need to dream but we need to live for today prepare for your dream what are you doing doing for your vision are you studying are you working hard are you preparing whatever god has given you do it faithfully okay certain things you might not see it but ask god you will see some connection i tell you who asked this question you know see 17 years back when we started the 18 years back when we started the church it was a dream okay it was a dream you might ask pastor did you dream about you know your church should function like this or even your worship team should be like this yes it was just a desire and a dream but how did it start simple way but many times i have told with my wife and she has told me how faithful is our god you know this was just a desire years back or a dream years back but you can see it happen now we have testified many times but at that time we did not see any connection certain things no connection at all but what gave us god asked us to do faithfully we did that okay so as you move on you know but at the same time you know sometimes okay we know this is what god has called us to do and because of our outside influence or pressure we might be pulled to do something else that you will know only you and god will know that okay outside you can tell yeah this is what i know you're going to yield to that pressure okay then <laughs> um, you cannot tell you know this is my this god is not doing anything 
no brother no sister god is doing but the problem is we are not willing to listen you do obey okay you will be clear about it god will not ask you to do anything which you don't understand all right right what was the next question somebody had another question pastor this how i see uh, okay this how uh, i see our life is itself a ministry and we are all called from the day we are born again please correct me if i am wrong my question is this sometimes we begin in ministry we begin we being in ministry are unable to even take control of our own family or children how can this be solved okay right i i really appreciate and thank uh, you know the person who asked this question fantastic right so now you are committed for ministry from the day that you were born you want to serve god but what is happening in your family with you and your children you know because there is no peace or there is something that you're going through and you're feeling like if that is not okay how can i serve god i want to tell you right you have that heart you having that feeling that family is important and with this condition i cannot serve god and uh, i tell you god is working in your life god sees you okay and god is really you know more concerned about you all right but your question is if this is the situation what to do about ministry i'm telling you don't give up on ministry don't give up don't quit your ministry whatever you doing do but give more focus for your family okay in this you need to have god's wisdom god's discernment as god lord give me your wisdom your discernment okay work on your family show more love to your family and if you need to spend more time spend more time to your family okay but at the same time okay don't give up on ministry maybe for a season please listen carefully for a season you might to stop doing certain things which you are doing as ministry okay but that doesn't mean you are quitting don't do with quitting attitude maybe for a season okay for a month or maybe for a couple of months i'm going to keep this i'm going to focus on my family nothing wrong in that also all right nothing wrong that doesn't mean you know people might judge you don't go by that don't think that god is judging you god will not judge you god understands you maybe for a season if you need to pause you're not stopping you're pausing because you're going to restart again focus on your family pray for your family spend time with your family okay and when when things get better start getting involved in ministry i want to tell you start praying sister or brother who it is start praying god will change okay 
share it with your church people don't keep it to yourself please maybe you cannot share it with everybody at least share it with the close circle that you have pray together god will change the situation and another thing i told you you need to have discernment right sometimes the devil will use unwanted things in the family okay where people will manipulate in the family okay using the same words that we have taught telling hey see somebody told no family is important so why are you going to church so why are you going why are you serving in the church you need to be wise if it is manipulation and work of the enemy handle it carefully don't immediately say shut up get behind me satan okay then those people will get hurt and they'll become more angry okay you be wise if it is the enemy manipulating be smart as god's wisdom and do it in a very gentle way and a loving way and in that case no need for you to stop doing what you are doing as minister you do it with wisdom all right right but you need to whoever who shared this you need to have somebody in your church who knows this and who is praying for you all right don't keep it to yourself it's not good hope it has helped you okay what is the next question pastor how can i know the confirmation from god that he is the right person for me there's another question huh? which one this one okay before that there's another question pastor should ministry be about family i'm confused with the bible verse saying something okay i know which bible verse you are telling okay one doesn't leave family brothers sister etc for me one cannot be a true servant okay ministry never can be about uh, i'm sorry uh, uh, family can never be about ministry that will never change yeah family can never be about ministry i'm sorry ministry can never be about family it depends upon the context in which you are telling did you get it okay different it, it it you cannot generalize it again that's why i'm telling you we need god's wisdom you cannot generalize it all right if you are the only person saved in your family your wife is not a believer or your husband is not a believer your children are not believer but you have the call of god to serve if they are standing as a hindrance you cannot bring that verse brother or sister what is that verse you are telling you know if you keep anybody above me family family father or mother or anything you know or you cannot bring whatever we taught telling you know family should be about ministry that's why what is your experience that's very important did you get it if you are the only believer but you are called for god at that point i don't know you need to stand for god you cannot separate god and calling 
So we said the priority should be God. Okay, don't get confused, huh? You said the priority is God. So in that case, God in your life, God's calling in your life is same. Did you get it? Okay. But your father is not born again, mother is not born again, they are telling no. Then in that case, you need to stand for God. But at the same time, the whole family is born again. Alright? You cannot take that verse. That verse is for different context. Okay? That verse is for different context. It is, it, it is compared to your relationship with God. Not with your ministry or, you know, your, your whether it's vocational or temporary, it's not, it, it's not compared to that. That verse which says, if you keep your father or mother or brother or anybody above me, you're not worthy to follow me. It's in that context alone, it is written. Okay? So if they are born again, then you cannot take that verse and say, hey, God is telling ministry and God should be above all of you. So I am just you know, leaving you. I'm not bothered about you. No. If there is a problem with your spouse or children, okay, you need to work on it. Definitely you need to work on it. You need to work. Sometimes if you have to quit and quit your ministry and work on it, you have to work on it. Because you have made a covenant with God in God's presence. Did you get it? Okay. You want to add anything? Okay, you answer this. Yeah, that's all. Pastor, how can I know the confirmation from God that He is the right person for me? That he's the right person for me. Yeah. Okay. First, you know, first, all that you need to see is, is see a child of God. If he is not a child of God, there is no confirmation. Sorry. No confirmation. Sorry. Because Bible is very clear. Uh, my young friend who asked this question, Good that you asked. Bible is very clear. You cannot, if you are a follower of Christ, you cannot attach with the person who does not follow Christ. Good person, good family, good job, good money, nothing. The very first test itself, then it is failing, then leave it. It is hard, Pastor. I tell you, if your life has to be blessed and not to become harder later, quit. Ask God forgiveness. It might be difficult to break up. Don't give me this excuse. You know what is an excuse? Pastor, after marriage, he will come to Christ. Sorry. Or I'm bringing him to church, Pastor, but later he will become a Christian. No, sorry. 
thank god that you bring him to church but still he becomes a believer keep him away from you or her from you talk to your pastor let your pastor talk to that person if that person receives christ and takes baptism and comes to church regularly at least for 6 months not for the sake of marriage for the sake of christ then okay otherwise my answer is quit okay and other than that if he is a child of god i don't think you need you don't need any other confirmation other things you you will know in your heart that's it is he the right person or is she the right person you will know it in your heart so you are the decision maker yeah you know there will be a peace within you okay um see we cannot go by the things that we see and say he is the right person for me okay um uh, like for example um, you know we had a great friendship before marriage but only after marriage you know the true things the true nature everything so that is a totally new learning experience that you go through everybody goes through okay so you want to know the confirmation of god we have the word of god that says that a person should be in the lord lord and uh, you need to trust god yes and then you work on the marriage after marriage okay so uh, it is not based on all the other things yeah. that you make yeah see sorry yeah huh? i'll bring and and intrude into my wife's because that is the culture that's happening or live in living together not biblical <clears throat> that's totally wrong brothers and sisters don't mess up your life you know don't get into deeper hurt in order to protect you i'm telling see that is the culture i don't know from where it came okay we live together or oh, everything works together if we agree we are able to manage that's not biblical biblical is i'm a child of god she's a child of god that we pray there is peace both of us we trust in god okay that everything will be fine then after marriage we start living together as what she shared that's when we learn not before marriage we live together and learn that is nonsense so i use the word that is nonsense that's not biblical because that's a problem i know it's there in that culture also right yeah hope that makes it clear mm. next question how do we take step for marriage if our parents are not christians and is not willing to accept the marriage between, between the us. two of us between us should we disobey or listen to parents um The first thing I want to say is, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, for this is right, hmm. and so that it may go well with you, so that your days will be long." So it is so important that we obey them in the Lord. Okay, you respect them, you honor them, but obedience 
in the lord is what matters so if uh, you know the truth and your um the uh, your life partner to be knows the truth you both are children of god i don't think you need to obey your parents in this matter you honor them but you know take it to god in prayer, prayer. god will change things god will change circumstances and if you need to wait you have to wait but do what is right according mm. to god's word okay so that's what and and don't compromise yeah okay because the situation is like that so you know because i've seen in my circle and there you know they they good believers okay just because parents uh, told uh, you know you should not marry a christian or a you know born again believer they went after others so that's not biblical that's not good that's not a blessing okay but make a stand tell your parents very clearly okay this is how my life will be and in love through love speak to them with respect speak to them if they say no 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 okay we'll wait we we'll just wait keep it keep this in prayer and again tell your church to pray don't keep it to yourself don't take the pressure by yourself tell your church to pray i have we have heard many testimonies how the parents finally they said okay go ahead and do they might say we will not be involved we are not happy it's okay whether you are happy or not god is happy that's right huh all right and okay. sooner or later they are going to see what a blessing, blessing your family yeah. is and what a example your family is who knows that could be the turning point in their lives so you know you need to take that stand god will do it for you but in love everything in love love i i know it's not easy it's hard it might be disturbing very challenging god is with you you know young brothers and sisters you know you are a child of god god is with you the god who created the heavens and the earth he is your father always have that faith okay god will help you all right thank you for your time